and five, four, three, two, and one. And welcome everyone to this episode of the Realeaders Podcast. Welcome everyone to this special episode of the Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards. Joining us today is Cohen Vigrin Skrzyniers, the founder and CEO of Sustainable Brands here in Sustainable Brands 21 in San Diego. Cohen, thanks for being with us today. It's a pleasure to be here. So Cohen, Sustainable Brands, where did the concept come from? We're here, we get to be in this wonderful venue here in San Diego with amazing speakers, passionate about their view on how business can be used in the world. But where did this idea come from? Um, it came for, from, uh, I guess, an, um, from a, a, a love of the potential for business. I believe in the power of business innovation. Uh, when I got started, the narrative of the day was that business, that was that government and NGOs were going to save the world and that a business was the enemy of our future. And I really believe, as I say, that, that business has the, uh, the capacity and the skill sets for driving the pace of change that's necessary. Specifically, really um, conscious that brands sit at the center of the economic ecosystem, and as such, they have the opportunity to influence both business models, you know, materials, supply chain norms and behaviors, and even more importantly, set consumer aspirations and demand. So I, I really feel it, felt uh, confident that the market drivers, when we started, though they weren't seen at the time, were going to be such that brands are going to have to grapple with the environmental and social impacts that we are currently seeing unfolding in the world and that those that really excelled at uh, innovating to provide solutions to those environmental and social challenges were going to be the ones that would ultimately win in the market. And, and what have you found over your time here at Sustainable Brands that have been kind of the key similarities of the companies that are really taking on these problems? Oh, that's really a good question. I would say the similarities uh, have more to do with the leaders that um, that have come to the table first. Mm -hmm. I, I think you know we have uh, have businesses that span all kinds of different uh, industry sectors and sizes. We certainly uh, zeroed in on a focus on global multinationals, mostly because of the consciousness of the necessary scale that um, we we need to operate on in the power that those companies um, have to create this change at the scale that we need. But um, I, I can't say that, uh, th that there's anything specific about the shape of a company particularly. Obviously, we draw a lot on consumer brands because we believed at the time that, um, that consumers would ultimately start asking more of the companies that they do business with, and that has been the case. So that, that um, you know, has been a thread through line for us since the beginning. Um, but more, I think, about just the individual leaders. You know, we came came to market when there was no recognition of the state of things as it exists today, uh, except by some more forward-thinking, you know, forward-looking systems thinkers, I guess, who um, kind of recognized the th and, and resonated with the thesis. Either they believed it or they wanted to believe it. Um, and, uh, and so we more attracted a, a demographic uh, at the beginning, and I think that's, you know, uh, over time that has changed because the market conditions have been such that, you know, more and more people are starting to recognize the necessity of stepping into this work. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that is frustrating but also inspiring 
is all of these different names for impact, sustainability, and to this today's theme, regeneration. Mm -hmm. Why is regeneration the theme? What was the conversations going on behind the scenes to yeah. choose that word? Um, interesting question. Uh, we, from the beginning of the company, believed that sustainability in and of itself was um, was was not going to be enough to get us to the goal. Um, but we really we realized that at the time people didn't realize that that our business as usual was unsustainable. So we had to somehow or another differentiate between business as usual and and the next step. We are at a place we believe where uh, increasingly people understand that that uh, we're not operating in a sustainable way, not living in sustainable ways, or or operating businesses in sustainable ways, and so we feel as the vanguard of this discussion around the world that it's time to move on and really help call out the fact that, in fact, um, as I was saying, uh, opening night, you know, net zero or focusing on re reducing harm or even net positive is ultimately not going to be enough. We need to retool the way that we think about the role that we have to play in the world such that we start to look at how we can enable environmental and social systems that are self-healing uh, self and self-perpetuating. This is a, it's a, it's a really, it's a, um, it's a paradigm shift and a pretty substantial mental model adjustment from the way that we've traditionally thought about the world. And I would say that we're trying to introduce a topic today that we believe is going to be um, something that we will all be working to get our head around for the, for the coming five, ten years, certainly this decade. Interesting. What are some of the mega trends that you are seeing that are accommodating uh, this movement, I guess, if you will? Like today... Carbon credits, offsets, was something that was very interesting. There's a whole market out there I have no idea about, obviously, and I should be paying attention to. What are some of the mega trends that you're paying attention to? Well, I think in general that just stakeholders across the board are becoming more savvy and more expectant of, of businesses. So, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the statistics are uh, such that, you know, um, awareness and interest in sustainable lifestyles in the consumer base is moving mainstream. Uh, it crosses uh, all demographics, you know, conservative, uh, progressive age groups um, and regionality. Um, and that's, you know, just because of the, the, the challenges of climate change and social unrest and political discord are in everyone's face right now. Um, so, uh, you know, that plus the investor community starting to recognize risks and um, starting start, starting to really put uh, put their money in, in uh, places that we want the money to go, I feel say. Yeah, um, yeah. and, you know, I think um, we're seeing uh, the, the marketing leadership community, which is the core stakeholder that we've been trying to engage for a long time, mm -hmm. finally starting to recognize that, the, um, that, that they're wrestling to maintain their uh, credibility, their um, growth in general, uh, and um, they're you know, they're being they're having a hard harder time attracting talent. They're being disintermediated in some way in in some ways by um, direct consumer brands who are inherently purpose driven, um, and that's impacting growth. And so you know when you start when your pocket book starts to feel it, um, the, there's an uh, ob obligation, I guess. In the role to try try to start figuring out what that is, and 
there are now enough proof points out there that brands that are authentically working from a place of purpose um, are, are uh, you know, more resilient and actually driving growth um, relative to those that aren't. So it's clearly been manifesting in so many large organizations. I mean, a lot of the workshops we're working with, I know Dove had an example. Um, and I think what you all have done a great job of is really meeting people where they are, mm -hmm. organizations. I mean, you know, Shell is here, and a lot of people I would have thought may have had a gripe with that. For sure. I think that's the most beautiful thing about this yeah. conference. When it comes to approaching um, people who may call this woke capitalism or may call this socialism um, or, or what Milton Friedman said, hints of socialism, things like that. How do you approach people? Uh, with an open invitation yeah. <laughs> is what I would say. You know, we very much believe that, um, that, that getting to the future that we want has to come through disrupt disruptive innovation at the grassroots level, but it also needs to come from creative self-destruction from large-scale industries that are not sustainable and that are you know, creating the roots of our problem. And so it's, for us, it's, it's um, I want to choose my word wisely. I would say ignorant. That may be a harsher, um, more emotive term than I, I mean to use, but um, it, it's, it's uh, short-sighted is maybe a better word to say um, that uh, to, to, to expect that we should, you know, wall out those industries that are um, the biggest part of the problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I, I um, have been in the media industry, for example, for a very long time, and I watched the media industry and managed the media, in, you know, managed media businesses through the transition to digital. Uh, a lot of people have... Um, have you know managed businesses through the transition to you know to digital, not just in the media industry, and there are lots of examples of of um, evolution, of creative self destruction, where companies have been able to retool themselves for a, a current reality. And I think um, we're really interested in trying to enable that and accelerate that as much as we can. So, Cohen, it seems like just through this conversation, you you may or may not have a clear vision of the world. It seems like you have a clear vision of what you like the world to look like one day when it comes to capitalism and stakeholders and uh, regeneration, how everyone is able to work together. Tell us about it. Well, I would say that um, our new uh, hero statement, if you will, or, or uh, it's not really a tagline, but um, our hero statement in, um, is uh, that, that sustainable brands is the vanguard of business enabling, oh, I'm sorry, brands enabling business and society to thrive in harmony with nature. And that is really the descriptor of the future that we want. We, we believe that business in, you know, is, is, is necessary and, and uh, um, amoral in, in a sense. I mean, you know, we are going to continue to trade with each other and that is, that is a, a reality. Um, we just want to see business and society thriving in harmony with a thriving nature and I, we, we believe it's possible Can I think a visionary leader is a great trait and a mark of a real leader what is your definition of a real leader that's such an interesting question because I uh, don't think about that a lot um, I will tell you what I think has um, seems to have uh, 
what people have appreciated about me, I guess, um, which is just that I'm willing to be authentic and um, willing to be vulnerable and willing to acknowledge, uh, willing to say my truth and to acknowledge that my truth is is only the truth as I see it. I don't have a claim to um, to to seeing to, to omniscience, right? Um, and and I think that uh, I've really appreciated leaders who are humble enough to recognize that they may have an expertise an expertise in one area, but that they don't uh, hold a, a corner on full truth, right? Yeah, so willingness to learn and listen. Beautiful. For Killian Baker and Scrutineers, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, be authentic, be humble, and always, folks, keep it real. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice to meet you, too.